Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Print on Demand cast, as you probably can tell by now. Uh, usually it's Josiah's voice that starts the show and uh, gets us rolling and usually has something funny to say because he's a funny guy. Uh, this week, I'm solo. I'm actually riding solo. Jo- Josiah and I couldn't sync up our schedules, and so uh, you get to hear me ramble on. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be because you know I've just got a, a script in front of me, a kind of a, an outline. Um, going to be talking about some stuff about print on demand. Um, and you never know how long that's going to go because, well, uh, I tend to waffle even if Josiah is not here to waffle with me. So, (laughs) um, before we get going, um, just wanted to, I guess, kind of give an update on what's going on in our world. Um, you know, it's kind of a, it, I'm actually recording this, believe it or not, right before we release it on a Wednesday. So um, I've had meetings all morning. I haven't really been in the shop all that much today, but it seems to be going pretty well. I have seen um, some increases in sales. Actually, uh, I believe it was yesterday uh, was Amazon's Prime Day. They did a second Prime Day this year. And so um, we saw a little bit of bump in sales uh, there on on Amazon. And I'm assuming, you know, our clients also got a little bit of bump in sales. So so that's always a good thing. You know, typically October can, uh, while it does ramp up, it can be slow. September is usually for, you know, one of the slower months um, uh, as people are kind of waiting to do their, their purchasing a little closer to the holidays. Um, but we're seeing, you know, the slow ramp up to November, which will also ramp up <laughs> until like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, and then from there on, the rest of the year is just, you know, your hair is on fire and you're just going 90, 90 million miles an hour. And um, it's it's crazy. <laughs> and then you get to the week before Christmas and, um, you know, it starts to slow down again. And then Christmas is crazy. It's actually pretty dead. Uh, then you get the January bump uh, because a lot of people will give gift cards, you know, Amazon gift cards and Walmart gift cards and things like that. And people will, again, spend money. So that's always good. It's always good when people spend money. But yeah, right now we're just seeing um, kind of what was initially expected, some uh, a ramp up of, uh, of sales as we move towards November. Um, but yeah, so that's that's really all the waffle I'm going to do before we get into the main event. However, before we do that, I know you know Josiah likes to spring these on you, uh, but since I'm solo and I can't banter back and forth with him, I'm going to go ahead and just actually create a segment. So it's time for the weekly dad joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. All right, this week's weekly dad joke brought to you by your friends at the Print On Demand cast. Um, I don't really have a setup for this. I just thought it was funny. So the past, the present, and the future walked into a bar. And I'll tell you, it was tense. And that's this week's weekly dad joke. Hope you liked it. Hope you use it um, out and about and, uh, you know, use it in a bar. I don't know. Uh, Use it at the water cooler. Do, Do people like actually 
congregate at water coolers anymore. I don't know. Um, it seems like that's maybe from a, a, a time gone by, but I don't know. Uh, hope you like that. Uh, <laughs> um, didn't have, didn't have Josiah here to kind of, you know, give it a little extra spark, but you know, I think, I think I did all right. I, I don't know. Let me know what you think. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. Join the Facebook group and let me know what you think. I'll, I'll just use this as a little plug for the Facebook group. It's printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. And you can join our conversation about print on demand. You can share, uh, you know, some of your knowledge, ask a question, share a dad joke, share a meme, um, just um, engage with some folks uh, that are kind of on the same journey that you are, or at least a similar journey. And it's always good to have people around you. So I highly recommend you join the group. Um, and say hello, you know, drop us a line. Uh, you can also send us an email info at print on demand cast. Um, but I'll save that to the end of the show. Let's go ahead and jump into the main event of this week's episode. For this week's main event, as you probably have already heard um, or or read in the title, we're just going to talk about things you might not know about print-on-demand. Or maybe you do, but maybe there's an angle here that you hadn't considered. And so I'm just going to go through a few bullet points that I've jotted down before we uh, press play on this one, or before I press play, rather, or record or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about them again. I don't know how long this is going to go. Obviously, you know, we'd completely cut out the point of interest part of the show. <laughs> so it's probably going to go a little shorter than normal, but that's okay. Um, it'll, it'll blend our average a little bit better because we've been going over an hour for several weeks now. And, um, yeah. So anyway, let's, let's talk about some things you might not know about print on demand or, or things that maybe you hadn't considered, or again, things that maybe you have considered, but maybe there's a, a new angle for them. So the first one I've got here um, is high barriers to entry are actually good for you. And here's what I mean by that. So a lot of people, when they come into print on demand, um, they're looking for, you know, some extra income. They're looking to, you know, make a few hundred bucks, maybe just pay for a car payment or, or make a little extra money for Christmas presents or something like that. Um, and so a lot of people, again, We'll go into this, and and because there is a relatively low barrier to entry when you're talking about like the royalty based print on demand sites, and what I mean by that is like the merch by Amazon's, the Redbubble, uh, the the Teespring, the uh, you know I'm leaving out a ton of them, um, but it's basically where you license your your art to that site. You you can put it on as many products as they offer, uh, for the most part. And then um, you're basically just getting a royalty. They're actually the seller of record. They're actually sending the sending the the product out. They're they're making the product, printing it, whatever. They're sending it out. They're dealing with returns. They're dealing with the customer, you know, questions and things like that. That's that's the royalty based pod. And so that's really easy because all you got to do is get a Canva subscription, or you know, if you know Photoshop or something like that, create the right size art that the the particular um, company once and you can put it on whatever you want. You know, you can just upload it and upload it and upload it. And it's, it's a pretty low barrier. Um, what happens a lot of times is that there's, because it's such a low barrier to entry, it's, 
it can be saturated. There can be a lot of the same type of things up there. And so maybe you don't see the sales until you have, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of products on these sites. And then even then it's just kind of trickling in. So what I mean by high barriers to entry are good for you is I want to encourage you to, 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 to think a little bit outside the box, perhaps try something that maybe you've even heard on the show, you know, Maybe it's time to go beyond the royalty-based pod. Maybe it's time to, um, you know, if get on Etsy, where you are the actual seller of record. Now, it's, it's Etsy's customer. They're bringing you the traffic. They're bringing you the customers. But you're the one who has to, to do all the logistics. If, you know, you either have to print it yourself or you have to get someone else to print it. You have to get it to that customer. If they have questions about it, you're the one that's going to be answering that. Um, and so it's a little bit different. That's the second type of print on demand. I, I call that the seller of record print on demand. And, and maybe it's time to jump into that. Or, or if you are already on Etsy, I know a lot of people that's also relatively low barrier entry. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult than the, the royalty based print on demand, but a lot of people will, you know, jump into this the, or when they start, they'll, they'll get on Etsy because it's, it, it is fairly low barrier entry. There's no cost to it. Um, whereas, Maybe it's time to look at Amazon. Um, Amazon is, you know, 30, 30, $39, 40 bucks a month um, for a professional plan in the U.S. Um, and there's, it, it's a little bit different. It's not quite as um, simple, I guess, as Etsy. There are a few things that you have to watch. And, and, and we have plenty of episodes on, at, on Amazon, and I encourage you to go listen to those. Um, but maybe, maybe it's Walmart. Um, I don't know. There's something else that is a little bit higher of a barrier to entry that will actually be good for your business because less competition is always good for you. If there's, if there's a high barrier to entry, there's by default going to be potentially, for the most part, less competition for you once you get into that platform. That, you know, it might even be launching that Shopify store that you've been talking about doing and, and dipping your toe in the water of actual paid ads or something like that. I mean, there's less competition the further you go down the rabbit hole of print on demand. Um, so that's number one. Number two, there is no right way to do POD. There's, there's just no right way to do print on demand. There's so many different ways that you can be successful in this business. Um, I've talked about the royalty-based print-on-demand, talked about the uh, seller-of-record print-on-demand. Both of those can be successful. I know people that are just doing royalty-based, and they're clearing twenty dollars to $30,000 a month. Um, and I know people that are doing the seller-of-record side of it, and they're clearing twenty dollars to $30,000 a month. It really, um, there's no right way. And, and beyond just the channels that you're selling on, um, you can also think of this as niche, niching down or niching down into like one specific uh, type of product. Maybe you you know you you love race car driving, you know, and 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 so you're just doing a lot of things when, in that particular niche. You're in that particular car niche. You can even drill it down farther. You want to just do like NASCAR type things. Now, I wouldn't necessarily encourage you to. Um, do some infringement on some NASCAR, uh, you know, logos and things like that. But, you know, you can potentially find products that would serve that community in the print on demand world and, and formulate a brand around that particular niche, if you will. On the other side uh, of the, of the coin, you could also just say, 
I'm going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And I'm not going to be niche dependent. I'm going to be more on the side of uh, trends or evergreen products, things that, you know, are always, you know, everybody's always going to have a birthday. Mother's Day is always going to be here. Um, you know, you can get into the political space, you know, with some of the trends. There's, but, but not limiting yourself to one specific niche is what I'm talking about. That can also be very pro- profitable. We have tens of thousands of products, and there are all kinds of n- different niches from tech to uh, professions. I mean, every profession you can think of to dog enthusiasts, cat enthusiasts, fish enthusiasts, <laughs> anything you can think of, hobbies. Uh, there's so many different ways or so many different niches you can actually try to be in. And then you just kind of rinse and repeat on the ones that are profitable or the ones that actually start selling. So if you have a, you know, a, a fisherman's uh, coffee mug, maybe let's make a fisherman's shirt or let's make a couple more coffee mugs that are in that niche um, that have the potential to sell and, uh, you know, and, and, and make yourself some money with those things. So there's really no right way to do print on demand. Uh, and that's just two ways, you know, niching down, um, being more, I guess that's four ways, <laughs> royalty-based, seller of record, niching down, or going really wide. Um, and I'm sure there's more. There's so many more. You can uh, do local print-on-demand for local companies. You can try to get contracts with larger companies to fulfill their um, you know, uh, promotional product needs. Uh, there's, there's plenty of ways you can skin this cat, if you know what I mean. Um, all right, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Next one. And you know, I was going to say this organization goes a long way. Organization goes a long way. Now, I think this is key for any business. Uh, The more organized you are, the better Uh, you're going to, you're going to have more success along the way. Um, I've told this story on the show before, but, um, when I was in youth ministry, there was a, a youth pastor that always talked about building for where you want to be, not for where you are. And I think that's really kind of at the core of organization, because if you can organize things in such a way that it, it will help you in the future, you'll be very glad you did. You will thank past you when you get to the future and you have an organized SKU structure. You have an organized file structure. You have an organized SOP structure. Um, all of these things um, can really help you capitalize uh, on where you're at in the game um, and set you up for future success. So I've talked about it a lot, uh, SKU structure. Um, don't just, first of all, uh, like on Etsy, you don't have to have SKUs. Don't do that. Go ahead and create SKUs. But then when you're going to list also on Amazon or you're going to list on your Shopify store, use the same SKU for the same product. Make sure that it has kind of a, uh, an organized structure that tells you what the product is, maybe ties to a design ID or a niche or, um, you know, but all of those things can be incorporated into a SKU to where later on down the road, you have these, you have this structure that you can continue to scale and continue to succeed with. Same thing with your file structure. Make, you know, for us, we make our SKUs, at least part of our SKUs, match our file structure. So we see a SKU that says, you know, 1,200,000, 
you know, and four, <laughs> we know that in our file, there is a file that is that same number that we can go and we can find every piece of art, every mock-up associated with that, every product that we've list for that design ID, everything's inside of that numbered file um, in different, maybe even different folders inside of that, but it's always the same way. It's always in the same place and, and the skew points to that file structure so we always have access to everything that we need for that design, for that mock-up, for that product, for those products. Um, and, and it really works well, you know, and you, you, you move that into your SOP creation. Um, you have perhaps a, a way or a, uh, maybe a template, um, of your SOPs. And then as you go through those SOPs, all of them kind of have a co coherence. They, they can work together. You can link to them each other, you know, and so if you ever end up, um, hiring a VA, a virtual assistant, or hiring someone, you know, to work with you even physically, you have a structure for how to create those SOPs um, that's very easily digestible for that new person to just follow along, but then also potentially help you create new ones because they're all kind of the same. So all of these, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg in organization. Um, it can go a lot further. The rabbit hole goes down really deep, but organization really does go a long way. All right, let's, let's move on to the next one. And let me take a quick drink of water. Man, I'm not used to talking this long. This is, uh, this is challenging. Uh, usually I can talk for a little bit and then he can talk for a little bit and vice versa. It doesn't work that way when you're solo. Uh, so shout out to all those solo podcasters out there. You're doing a great job. <laughs> okay, our next one. Advertising can be worth it. And you're like, duh, Travis, of course, advertising can be worth it. And it also can't be worth it. Or it, it, there's an opportunity for it to fail miserably. <laughs> and that is true. Um, the specific thing I wanted to talk about in here is uh, on, because a lot of my experience is on Amazon, but Amazon sponsored products is a great way to dip your toe in the water uh, of advertising for relatively low amount of money. Um, for instance, one of our strategies is to take all of our products that we list on that platform and we put a 10 to 15 cent bid on those products. So basically we are willing to pay up to 10 or 15 cents for each click that we get to our detail page with the product on it. Um, and we set these all up with auto campaigns. And what that means, you can do, you can do an auto campaign, you can do a manual campaign. And the auto campaign... Amazon actually takes um, your keywords, your title, all of those things and says, I think, you know, I being Amazon, think that um, someone who searched for this phrase, this, this might be a correlation. And so I'm going to put that out there for them to potentially click on. And then as they go, they have, they have learning mechanisms to understand even greater, the longer those auto campaigns go, the, more, the smarter they get in finding people that are actually searching for things that your product might be a fit for. And so they learn as they go. And so you, you combine this low bid auto campaign strategy. And um, while you might not get, you know, you might not get an ad for, you know, nurse coffee mug, uh, you might get something for something a little longer tail, something that um, it, there's all kinds of search terms that people type in 
to the Amazon search bar. And you never know when something's going to link up with what they're typing and what Amazon has deemed your product appropriate for. And you really can get quality people onto your page for a low amount of money. I think I was looking at our, I was looking at our uh, ads just uh, here recently. And I think in the last week or two weeks, we've spent like $350 or something like that in ads, but we've gotten 15, almost $1,600 worth of sales from those ads. And the cool thing about that is that all of those sales are kind of, um, they're helping Amazon learn more about our product and what type of people will search for those. So no, no, so not only does it help them learn for the, the actual Amazon sponsored products, the actual ads, but it also boosts our organic traffic for certain keywords. So you might, we might actually be getting more. And, and I, 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 I think this is the case. We are actually getting more organic traffic, more organic sales because we're doing this low bid auto campaign strategy. Now, if you can figure out a way to rinse and repeat that on some of these other campaigns, I've not dipped my toe in the water for the Walmart ads, although I know they're there and I know other people that are doing them. Um, Etsy ads are a little bit different. You don't have as much control over those. Uh, But even there, I'm spending money in Etsy and I'm getting sales from it, hoping again, that it boosts my organic traffic as well. Um, So once my daily bid amount or my daily max, uh, you know, the most I'll spend in a day is gone. Um, maybe I'm getting some of those, those same types of buyers, those same types of search terms that are coming to my site or coming to my pages through organic traffic that I've generated just because I did ads. So that's always a, you know, they can really be worth it. You, you need to watch that. I mean, um, you can lose money when you're advertising. Facebook marketing used to be an amazing place uh, to market products, and um, it has kind of gone downhill a little bit. They took away the, the the Facebook pixel, and so you can't track as well as you used to be able to and really drill in to some of that stuff. But on the actual channels that we're talking about, you know, these uh, seller of record channels, Amazon, Etsy, Walmart being my main three, uh, you really, it really can be worth it. So look into that um, as you're moving forward. All right. So next one. They're your designs. Get maximum value from them. Now, this seems obvious, but I know a lot of people who, uh, th- again, on the royalty-based side, it's a lot easier to do this because you can take one design and you can say, I want it on this, 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 and it's almost like a checkmark box that you're just going through and saying, oh, I want all of these, all of, I want this design and all of these products. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. There, you know, why not put them on as many different things as possible? Um, don't just limit yourself to t-shirts. Don't just limit yourself to coffee mugs. Um, those designs will potentially get you sales on other products. If I'm going to Amazon as an example, for a, uh, a t-shirt, um, and you only have that this perfect design for me, the, the design that I'd really want on a t-shirt, but it's only on a coffee mug, I'm probably not going to buy it. Had you had it on a t-shirt, maybe I did. You see what I'm saying? So, and don't limit yourself just to t-shirts and coffee mugs either. There's so many other products. We talk about home decor a lot with pillows and tea towels and, um, 
tote bags and, you know, wooden signs, framed signs, and all of these different products. Uh, you can put your designs on flasks. Uh, you can put your designs on, um, like, Yeti-type tumblers, um, you know, the skinny tumblers they've got these days. There's so many opportunities for you to go wide with your product selection using the same designs that you already either designed or paid for. Why not get the maximum value out of those by expanding to all these different products? That also goes to my point earlier about getting maximum value by going onto other channels. Because the Walmart buyer is not the same as the Amazon buyer is not the same as the Etsy buyer. And so if you can be on all of those places, you have an opportunity to capture the sale on all of those channels. Um, Another little point that uh, actually Uncle Mike was talking to me about, and I thought, oh, that's really great. I'm going to share that. Mixed media. And so what I mean by that is what, what if you could figure out a way to use UV on a product and then take it over to the laser engraver and laser engrave something on it or cut it out or something like that. Think about like, um, think about the outline of the United States and you've got a piece of, um, uh, what is it? <clears throat> a piece of acrylic and you put it into the UV, UV machine and, and you print this really pretty, you know, American flag over the outline of the United States Take, you can take that piece of acrylic, now put it into the, uh, the laser engraver and cut out all the way around so it's actually like a die cut of the, uh, of the outline of the United States with the flag on it. And, and that is a really cool thing as opposed to it just being on a rectangle, if you, if you get in what I'm, what I'm saying. You know, what about, what about embroidery? Can you embroider it and then, you know, do, do like a, a shirt? You've seen these. Uh, people are wearing them. There, there's like a, a print on the shirt, like a DTG print or a screen print. And then there's also embroidery on it. So mixed media, mixed print methods um, is something else that you can take your designs and get an even higher value to the end customer because there's multiple print methods happening. Uh, it, it'll cost you more, of course. You know, It'll take you more time if you're actually producing it yourself. But in the end, you come up with a, a product that you can charge top dollar for because it's been touched by so many hands and it's so unique to all of the other things that are out there. So again, they're your designs. Get maximum value. All right, next one. Researching what's popular is always smart. And that seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> um, but for example, I've, I've talked about this on the show in the past. Uh, several years ago, um, when Donald Trump was the president of the United States, he was talking about building the wall between Mexico and the U.S. And so for Valentine's Day, we created a a coffee mug uh, that said had a picture of like a cartoon picture of Trump and it had a wall and then it had a bunch of hearts and it said, I want you on my side of the wall. That sold incredibly well. That's an idea. That's, that's a, it's kind of a, it's not only just a trend spotting exercise where you see, okay, well, Trump is, you know, talking about the wall. So let's do something like that. It's actually combining that trend with the trend that people want to buy things for Valentine's day for their loved ones. And it's combining two trends, um, to really capitalize 
on uh, the market at the right time. Now, obviously, I don't sell very many of those anymore because A, Trump's not in office, and B, it's October. It's not February. <laughs> but I did sell some this last February uh, for uh, for Valentine's Day, not as many as I did when he was in office, but you get the idea. Um, it may not last for the, the trend spotting um, kind of thing. It doesn't necessarily last um, because they are trends, and trends, you know, they come and they go. Um, but during that trend, you can do a lot. There was a, uh, a, a famous person that said something here recently um, in the media, and we just threw the text up on a shirt and sold a bunch of them just because it was, you know, it wasn't, we weren't trying to be trademark, we weren't trying to infringe trademark or anything like that, but it was just such a, it was, it was kind of innocuous what he said. And so we threw that up on, on a shirt and sold and still sell uh, a lot of those. So being kind of in that space where you're looking for trends, where you're looking for things that are happening in the media, by being also being wary of, um, IP, intellectual property, um, you don't want to infringe on that. Um, you can really capitalize. And then if you can kind of get the uh, <laughs> the bonus of having two trends kind of combining them together, you know, or, or taking a, a current trend with a holiday, and you can combine those things, you can see real winners. So researching what's popular, what's going on in the culture um, is always is always a good idea. The, the caveat to that is um, sometimes you'll do something like that and you'll be like, well, why isn't this selling? I, I, I did what Travis said. Um, you know, I, I made this design or this phrase. I put it on a, some products and, and it's not selling. What's going on? Well, it might be time to get some feedback on your designs because, frankly, your designs might not be as good as you think they are. And that's just, you know, simple facts. Um, not trying to sugarcoat that for anybody, but it's true. You need to get feedback on your designs. Show it to your friends. Show it to your family. Is this funny? Is this, is this on point? What do you think? What could I do better? Um, that'll do two things. It'll kind of, one, it might burst your bubble <laughs> because those designs might not be as good as you think they are, like I said, but also it'll make you better. It'll make you better at design. It'll make you think think through things. And you might disagree with these people. Um, but you know what? A lot of times um, when you're looking at design, it's obviously, I mean, there's um, there's a lot of nuance to that. There's a lot of, uh, you know, an opinion is just an opinion. But if you're hearing the same thing from two, three, four people, well, you might want to think about that a little bit harder. Um, humility is a good thing when you're coming, when you're talking about art. Um, as, as an artist myself in the past, you know, with music, I've written a lot of music in the past. You have to hold that art away from you. And it's not a reflection of who you are, which it's hard to separate that, but you have to learn that quickly when you're in, in, when you're an artist, you have to hold that out and allow people to examine it and have their own opinions and separate yourself, separate your emotions from the piece of art. You, uh, that will really, really help you be, be humble in how you, how you think about these other people's opinions. It'll also help you get better as you get more and more feedback. Your designs will just innately just, they'll just start to get better. That's just how it works. Um, so yeah. Okay. So then the last one, uh, running just over 30 minutes right on track for what I thought we'd do. (laughs) 
Um, the last one is a content calendar can really keep you on track. And we've talked again about this on the show in the past. Um, having a calendar for designs, for your strategy to release products is very, very helpful. Um, we've talked, there's been many shows where we've talked about all these funny holidays that nobody knew about. <laughs> um, there's hundreds, if not thousands of holidays every single year. And I'm not expecting anyone to design for every single holiday, but there's probably 10, 15, 20, 30, um, that you could put on a calendar if the holidays in, you know, March, well, okay, well, we need to start the design process in December to come up with the cool design, have it done by January, have the product ready by February, uh, have it listed by February. So when that actual event happens in March, um, people will have have had time to A, search for it, B, buy it, C, get it delivered to them. And and that's kind of the thing. I I like to do the three-month rolling calendar for those different holidays um, and scheduling those designs and those products to come out at the right right time. Um, the other thing that and when you insert kind of that uh, the trend spotting into that, those can be the things that you just oh it happened I need to jump on this quick. But the content calendar lives on. That's all of the stuff that you're going to continue to 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 design. And maybe there's a couple you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months where there's not a lot of things happening that you're really wanting to design for, you can either spend more time looking for trends during, during those months, or you could work on more evergreen things like evergreen things being like professions, um, uh, you know, kids gifts to dad, uh, you know, you think Mother's Day, but like take the Mother's Day part out of that, just a gift for a mom, because moms also have birthdays. <laughs> you know, it's not just one day a, a year that we celebrate mothers. It's, you know, it should be every every day. Um, but you get the idea. There's a lot of evergreen or always relevant niches that you can design for when perhaps you have a hole in that schedule that content calendar. Um, you can use that for some of that. You can also schedule to do your evergreen content as well. Very simple. You just, uh, you just put it on the calendar. (laughs) So if week one of, you know, December, they were working on that, that holiday in March, well, maybe week two, they're working on, uh, nursing or cars or mechanics or, you know, fishermen, uh, you know, something like that. And then the next week they're working on um, another holiday that's more towards the end of March. And then the next week they're working on another evergreen niche. You get the idea. But a content calendar can really keep you on track. Um, it'll also give you something to look back on at the end of the year um, and say, okay, where were we successful where did we hit the mark? Where did we make the products or the number of products or the number of designs that we wanted to? And where did we drop the ball? Um, you know, just you can look at your products and you can look at your calendar and it'll give you kind of an accountability for how you did for the year. Additionally, you can, if you do a good enough job at this content calendar, you may not have to change it at all. And it could just become 
a 12 month calendar that just repeats and you just are on repeat for, you know, years and years and years using the same strategies and the same planning that you only did once. And it just keeps on working for you as you continue to scale your business and get in more, more niches and on more platforms, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it, um, for this week. Uh, missed Josiah. I, desperately need a co-host. I think it's really obvious that I need to throw this back every once in a while to him while I collect my thoughts. <laughs> so you just got like 30, 30 minutes of stream of consciousness of Travis. So um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that you got something out of that. Um, I believe we have an interview next week. Uh, so Josiah will be back with uh, our interview next week and it'll be a little bit more kind of normal print on demand cast, but thank you so much for listening. Um, want to encourage you, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, if you're not in the Facebook group, please join us print on demand cast slash Facebook. We're also on Instagram print on demand cast slash Instagram and YouTube print on demand cast slash YouTube. Of course you can get the podcast at Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcasts, uh, stitcher. I don't know. There's so many of them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not as good at this as Josiah is. He's had 111 episodes to practice this outro. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're just getting, uh, you're getting kind of the, the bullet points here. But, um, but be sure to subscribe. If you are on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. We'd certainly, certainly appreciate that. We'll shout you out if we see you on there. Um, and uh, hopefully you're, you're actually enjoying this enough to um, to say it's worth five stars. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you got a question for, uh, Josiah or myself or any of our guests, of course you can go to the Facebook group, but you could also send us an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Um, and, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We, you know, every once in a while we'll do a mailbag episode from questions that we get from, uh, those, from those emails, um, but yeah, we just love to connect. We really do appreciate you guys taking the time out of your week to listen to us talk about something that uh, we really enjoy. We really have a great time talking about print on demand, um, but we don't know it all. And we are uh, very open to learning more, to understanding uh, more about printing and uh, would love your insight and your opinions on that. Your, um, and, you know, not only, not only your encouragement, but also your uh, your ideas. You know, if you have something that you want to share with us, please, please, please do reach out. Uh, so with that, I guess I got to do both of these parts, but we'll see you next. <laughs> see, see, see what I mean? It's just, it's just not the same. Josiah, we miss you, buddy. But we'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure. Thank <laughs> you.